Hello, and welcome to OKC Span, the only podcast called OKC Span. Hi. Hey. Hey, guys, it's me. It's Marty Piercy, your best friend. I'm sitting here on 23rd Street, just off of Classen in an undisclosed location. And uh, I can tell you it's the 10th day of August and it feels like it outside. Right now, I'm not outside. I'm sitting in a dark room with a couple of good, good friends, a couple of bros, a couple of homies. <laughs> um, for some reason, I just want to do this. For a couple of minutes every every time I do this, and I th- I want it to make people uncomfortable, but I don't know why I want to do that. So on with the show. Um, as with last week, this week I want to welcome my good buddy and co-host Lucas Dunn. Hi, Lucas. Howdy, brother. <laughs> and today, uh, it's a special treat. Um, one of Oklahoma City's favorite polymaths. Uh, Stephen Tyler is here joining us. Hey, Stephen. Hi. <laughs> I, uh, Stephen's here because Stephen uh, is uh, the reason, technically, that I get to even do this podcast. And, and so he was on site, and I was like, hey, we're going to talk about Uptown for about an hour. You want to join us? And so being a denizen uh, of Uptown 23rd, uh, I figured that you would be a good person to join us for this conversation. And Lucas also lives in the neighborhood. And so um, I just thought this would be a great opportunity for us to sort of talk about Uptown. Uh, specifically, I- I'm thinking mostly, well, it's Uptown. So talking about 23rd, basically, from Lincoln to, I'm going to say, a little bit further uh, West in class, and that's in my opinion. But uh, it's like I think we're in mid, we're in uptown right now, and we're Penn, maybe, maybe to Penn. What yeah, do I mean, think? I don't know like, the the actual yeah. neighborhood, it's, the district, it's, but there's actually a fun fun fact about that is that in a couple of layers of uptown now. There's the what was what has historically been the uptown district, which technically goes to Penn from essentially 235. It went to Penn to encompass OCU. Mm. Because they were initially a big environment. But then uh, a couple of years ago, we established the Business Improvement District of Uptown, and that actually just stops at class. Okay. That actually doesn't even go to class, and I don't think. I think it stops at Chartel or just Western or Chartel. something like that. And that goes to the highway, too. I, yeah, I do think it's Western. I could be wrong. Yeah. But uh, I, this is I, frequently when I'm thinking about that kind of stuff, it's like I'm literally just trying to recall in my memory from the meeting. I remember the meeting where the first yeah. bid got approved. Uh, I'm like trying to remember what that's. It doesn't. But yeah. So this is a place that's near and dear to all of us. You both live in the neighborhood. I spend a lot of time up here, less so since the pandemic started, honestly, but like an important part of my, uh, of my work is doing a live event that I do on 23rd at Pony Boy. Um, uh, Stephen being one of the people who got me set up to do that. Uh, so if you ever come to one of the live events that I do, that's that's usually on. I mean, that's 
upstairs at Pony Boy, which is attached there to the Tower Theater, of course. Um, uh, you know, there's Bunker Club uh, that has recently... Uh, Stephen, do you want to uh, talk anything about Bunker Club? I'm going to leave that to you because I don't want to try to describe it when, when, there's sure. a, when there's a mouth of a horse right here at the table. So Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, Bunker Club has been around since 2016. It was the one of the concepts opened by Ian and Haley McDermott, who are most probably famous for owning the pump. Um, and prior to that, they were running Drunk and Fry, and they've just been you know on the scene... Uh, in, in that world for so long and everybody everybody knows who they are uh, but back in June um, I with a couple of friends of mine actually took took over operation and ownership of Bunker Club um, Ian and Haley like myself and many other people during the pandemic had a child and right. uh, you know life changed in a lot of different ways and so it, it suddenly became uh, an opportunity for them to kind of unload a little bit of a burden and for me to kind of pick up the reins of a place that I've always loved. I, I did some help. I had, uh, was involved early on there with some of the audio and video setup, and, and um, Bunker was one of my early sort of offices as I was trying to figure out Tower Theater stuff and all take those journeys. And even mm -hmm. Haley were always hugely supportive. So it's just it was one of those natural moments of like, hey, this is a little bit too much for us now, and I have a little more time and some of the people that were kind of interested in jumping in on that that journey. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, and what do we expect is going to be completely different? Did you guys come in and gut the place and ruin it and make it totally different and we, sanitize it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it had all this, you know, Russian propaganda <laughs> there, and we, we yeah. stripped it all out and put a lot more eagles and American flags. Great, great, um, great. <laughs> no, I mean, that was, that was the, the thing about bunkers. There, There's nothing wrong with the place. Right. There's... It's, it's not a, shitty. I mean, no, it's, a thing, it's, like, it's an in fact. I, I still consider it, and even before it was mine, so I can say this with a little bit unbiased. I consider it to be one of the, like the best thought out theme concepts of a bar, maybe in the state. In the state, as far as I can tell, I mean, but, there's. I, I I agree with that, and I I would say the same thing before. I'm not like being like an actual like uh, my mom. I'm, I don't like to say I'm a communist. It's not accurate, but mm. being a a uh, dyed in the wool red uh, red uh, lefty, uh, I've never been like, yeah, you guys should come to this lefty. But it's not like that. But it's like it's just such a dope looking place, and it it it's fresh looking, and also you know what I like seeing some of my. Uh, some of my forebears on the wall. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not ashamed to say, like, I like seeing, I like to think about some of the things that Mao wrote, and I like to think about some of the things that, some of the ideas that Stalin had, um, whether they worked out for everybody or not. It's <laughs> always funny story. that mural, it's like kind of a quiz, like whenever there's like someone who's it's like their first time there, and they're looking at that mural, and uh, they're trying to like guess who everyone is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's one of those things, too, that, like, I think it's a, this is totally, like, a rabbit hole, but whatever. I think it's a, a fun to look at them and think, which one of them would have killed which one of them? <laughs> because and then the, the Easter, I actually realized this very recently in the Easter egg that, uh, I, I'm probably going to be wrong when I say this now, but my memory is telling me that Woody Guthrie is in that lineup. Yes, Woody Guthrie yeah. is on that mural. And so everybody's always like they're guessing, like, oh, that's the last mountain. But that, I can't figure out who that one is. Oh, that's it's funny. Like, 
Judy Guthrie. <laughs> There's also a uh, portrait of um, Ian and Haley's dog Chewy mm-hmm. as, as a, like a communist uh, like propaganda. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I that's thought maybe you were going to say like the. Uh, <laughs> The cosmonaut dog, like uh, the first dog in space. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Like, a, yeah. Anyway, I would like to get a a painting of DJ in a cosmonaut suit. I'd That'd be, be pretty cool. That. Um, so, uh, bunker's gonna stay the same, but it's gonna be open on Mondays. Well, it is now open yeah. on Mondays. Back um, seven days a week. That's dope. Um, and we've got like something special that happens on Monday there. I'm totally, I've shifted into like, I'm interviewing, like I'm on a radio program mm-hmm. rather than having a conversation. I'm, yeah, it's all right. I get, like, I, get so, <laughs> I heard that, I heard that you had a weird experience on the telephone with your grandma a couple of years ago. Let's tell, uh, tell us about that. <laughs> you know, like that kind of, but no. Okay. So on Monday nights, uh, this uh, Lucas, uh, hosts an event at Bunker called Mondo Mondays. What, what is that? Um, so that's something... I, <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> uh, Steven, is, uh, he helped shepherd this along since like day one. Uh, we started off in Pony Boy in 2021, 2020? I don't, it was, I don't remember. Time is fuzzy now. It was, before, it was in the before times. Oh, then that would have been 19. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, think, I think it was 2019. Yeah, we named yeah. the disease after the year it came out. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, we we host like just weird cult films every week. I mean, kind of the idea is we just want to show you things that like nobody else in town. And you know, like, I mean, like any time, let's say like you know Tinseltown or I mean even some of like, the local theaters, you know, I mean they're showing a throwback movie night. It's just like it's Ghostbusters or something. And, look, nothing wrong with Ghostbusters, but it's no, like, it's great. Like I, I want to show movies like. That nobody else is going to show, and, right. <laughs> um, and so we came back um, at Bunker Club whenever um, Stephen got over there, and I woke up to a text message, and it's like Mondo Bunker, are you in? I'm like, yeah, baby. <laughs> um, and so I mean, like, we kicked the. We, we were, I mean, at the time of this recording, we're four weeks in on that. We mm-hmm. kicked the door open with Pink Flamingos. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, which is like, I was like, I just want to show something that like the bartenders might feel like they're going to get arrested for like, right. something dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the turnouts have been great. And I mean, if you come out, it's free eight o'clock every Monday. Um, we do like a discussion before, like me and my mm. co-host, Joan Stowe. Um, we'll kind of give you like some context for the film and some facts about it and our experiences. We've got guest hosts. Uh, and then afterwards, it's just kind of a group discussion where like just anybody in the room can talk about yeah. it. But I mean, we had like uh, James Cooper or two city council yeah. person, he guested um, for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's right, <laughs> not, not the first one, no. Yeah. So it's, uh, this is good because over the course of the pandemic, we've seen what seems to me, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, so you would know much better than I, but it seems like, of course, across the country and across the world, we saw a lot of industries struggle, um, including, you know, obviously anything that requires people to be in a public space together. So, uh, and none of us saw this coming, of course, uh, and so all businesses were caught a little off guard. Nobody was exactly like, nobody 
most of these businesses didn't have any kind of presumption of pandemic proofness, you know? So it seems like though during the pandemic, like Uptown has seen like this weird sine wave of like, like, oh, there's a lot happening. Nothing's happening. It almost looks applied to now things are happening again. And, and I don't know if that contraction has to do with the, the pandemic or if it's just, cause it's a, it's a unique, it's a unique strip of land in yeah. Oklahoma City. I and mean, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, I would say maybe a portion on the other side of the interstate of 23rd is kind of like that too, that there's just a variety of things happening, right? Because we still have like, like clinics that are only staffed and visited by immigrants. We still have... Um, like that building that used to be a used bookstore, but we also have like, I don't know, like new, a new Starbucks down there right. for better or worse. Right. Um, you know, that's, I've got my, <laughs> I've got feelings that would not surprise anybody about that. But like, so I don't know, what do you, give us the temperature right now. Yeah. I, you, you're exactly right with Uptown. I mean, when, I really got into the district, obviously back in like 2016, 2017, when when I started moving things around with Tower and, and figuring that out. And, and even before then, like I said, I was I was helping with Bunker in 2016. I, I was hanging out at Pump in 2015. Like, so like it was around, and I lived off of 20th and Walker at the time. Mm-hmm. So like it was, I was like, okay, this is my hood. Let me get involved. Right. Started hanging out. I joined the board of Uptown. I don't even remember somewhere. Somewhere along that timeline, I I jumped in on that, and that that gave me some insight. And there was a lot of things happening, and then a lot of things happened. And I think most of we've seen like you're talking about that sine wave. I think you have like this surge of of businesses coming in, like when Pump opened, and then Bunker opened, and then Tower opened, and then uh, the Drake and and Gusto and all that stuff was kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And then I think the pandemic lulled, but like that wave started this other movement of like the board and a lot of new people joined the board. Mm. There was new blood. There was this idea of creating a business improvement district, which is just this weird mechanism where we as an organization kind of officially align with the city and what and, and that took a long time because what, what we had to do is get all of these businesses to sign mm-hmm. this piece of paper that agreed that they're basically going to be levied this additional fee on their property taxes. It's not a tax, but it's a fee mm-hmm. that's levied through that mechanism. And what that, that money comes back to this board and then it starts. So it like there was a little bit of a lull when like that energy moved because all the, all the activity was happening on pieces of paper, like right. in city offices and that weird meetings that wasn't happening in the public You're eye. Not seeing the progress. Right. Yeah. And then pandemic hit, so it kind of felt like this whole thing lulled back and died, but then the bid got approved and suddenly, you know, uh, uh, this started happening. Um, and so we've kind of been doing that. That's a really good sort of outside view of it. I think ultimately though, if you were to like chart that on an actual graph, that sine wave would have sort of a, a an overall trend. Like if you do a trend line through it, I think mm, it would ultimately it be going up, increasing. Yeah, and so I, I would I would imagine so. Yeah, and and so at this point, you've got bids approved. In fact, um, getting really into the the weeds on that stuff, uh, Uptown as an as a district association has now 
added, uh, it was a 501c4 because originally it was formed thinking that it was going to do some really lobbying with the city act, you know, getting, getting into that. Um, for people that know that, that just the C4 is a nonprofit organization that can do some things like that. It's not tax exempt. It doesn't have all that pieces of it. Um, but we did just form a C3, which is a fully tax exempt nonprofit organization. And we're shifting that out to be the more community centric thing. So right. like Uptown Outside, for example, was a festival we launched last yeah. year. That was sort of, that was the board saying, we know we got to get coming out of this pandemic and send the message to everybody that Uptown's not dead, <laughs> you know, that the organization exists and that there's still life here. And so that was a huge success. And so that, that event and now is kind of like the, the baby of the C3. And so you'll see the public events and the fundraising <laughs> stuff and the Friends of Uptown Foundation is right. actually the official name okay. of that. So you'll see that and that that's that's that energy and that's really geared to also getting the community back involved so the the c4 has become the bid management system mm -hmm. which is the official blah 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 it has to be property owner it has to be all these things and requirements so we kind of splintered this into like here's the business side of it and here's the like community engagement side of it and then along the way there's businesses right but a lot of them suffered in the pandemic we lost some great concepts on uptown we lost Scotty's Deli, we lost uh, Pizza 23, we, you know, but then again, better or worse, we got a Ted's. <laughs> and that's, I mean, kind of to what you're talking about, like, then, the, like you know, we got Formosa, yeah. like, so yeah. some of that stuff's coming back. I mean, kind of thinking about, like, just like, just the history of, at least kind of a more like modern contemporary history of that district. So, I mean, so, mm -hmm. you know, it was historic Route 66. And mm -hmm. so, you know, like way back in the day, you know, like the, the early days when Tower was just like showing sound of music, you know, every right. single day and, right. and all of that. And it was like booming. And then, you know, I mean, just when Oklahoma City just had that huge recession, you know, just everything around the city was just dead. Oh, everything anyways. sucked, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like in the 90s, um, it was like Slipknot was like the last band to play at Tower before it <laughs> shut down. And there was like a, the fire marshal came out and everybody, there was like a riot and people were mm -hmm. pulling the seats out and everything. And... And at that time, there was like, I mean, it was the wig district. That's all it was. It was yes. just wig Wigs stores. And, and, uh, and used hotel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hotel, I hotel, bought, depot. That place no, was No, my awesome. old coffee shop had, um, our three-hole sink was from there. Like, we had <laughs> I tons. I mean, I think the bead, that our ticket bead was from there. Like, I would absolutely, we. Which for we, listeners that may not know, the, that, that's oh, where yeah. the Drake is now. It was that building. And it yeah, was like it was this, a hotel motel closeout or but it was something like, like that. massive. There's huge, it was like multi-stories and mm -hmm. there was like a basement. I, I, mm -hmm. I almost went in the basement, but I opened up the door and it was dark and there was like, I could hear rats downstairs. And I was like, ah, <laughs> doing that. But there was like a room that was just nothing but like lamps. Just and lamps. Like, like, but just anything or you just, could get there. It was so just, crazy. Yeah, no, it was pretty, it was a pretty <laughs> My dope My favorite place. was flipping through the hotel art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's a tasteful landscape. Yeah. Here's um, 16 copies of that tasteful you know, landscape. Well, and so for a while, that's like what, kind of what Uptown well, was. During then, the 90s, yeah. what Uptown was. That's there was also where the cool I would buy store. drugs. Yeah. That's where I bought heroin was there at, uh, uh, like, ne well, next to the hotel, motel closeout place. But, like, that's, I mean, that's what... 23rd street was to me when i was a teenager and a young man i was like there was the paseo and then there were all the 
the places you buy drugs and hang out Which and use drugs. Which is also the Paseo, or was the Paseo? Well, different drugs for different yeah. hugs, <laughs> but yeah. That's dealers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it was like really when like Big Truck opened up in mm-hmm. well, like 2006 mm. or eight or something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like that was like really like the first like, hey, here's something cool. And then like the pump bar opens up and then... You know, this was when like Oklahoma City's what before like people from California and Texas were all like moving out here. And so it was like this is a cool place to be. And it was like a destination. Yeah. And I think like aside from the pandemic, to me what to me what I've kind of noticed is that like the the neighborhood's still like it is it's doing better after the pandemic. It's mm-hmm. rebounding. There's still restaurants, bars, skate shop, you know, like mm-hmm. there's cool stuff to do, but like it's no longer because now everybody kind of has their own version wherever they live. Like, say, if you live, you don't, if you live in Edmond, you're not driving down to hang out at the pump bar anymore because right. so you've got, or well, you've got the, the that patriarch, or, or you've got what, yeah. yeah, or like far north side, or I mean, in, 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 like the development south of uptown too, where you know, you know you've got like plaza really developed like really oh, yeah. fast and i think kind of too were, fast <laughs> i think they were like pretty smart about it though because they kind mm-hmm. of opened up right when or plaza became kind of a thing right after uptown was becoming a thing mm, and so you. that was the new hit place to go and so but they then now you can what... go to midtown or now you can go to yep. um what's what were they called the Britain? dumb neighborhood new... well, oh. or like uh, the Jones Assembly, what do they call it? The oh, West, West Village or West, West Village. Village or whatever. Yeah. Well, they can call it. I'm never going to call it that. This is what they can do. I don't like that. I but, don't like it at all. But. but you know what I mean? Though there, there are these other just kind of like concentrated mm-hmm. areas where it's. It, it, I mean, it's kind of cool because like the people in far north side they can have Chisholm Creek. They can have oh, their yeah. own place, and they're Keep not the- coming to my towny bar. <laughs> uh. Uh, well, yeah. So. I'm going to say, since uh, Stephen's at the table, a point out that like what is great for me typically in a bar or coffee shop experience is not what is best for the business. Like I like it to be me and three other quiet, yeah. unhappy dudes sitting yeah. at a bar at 4 p.m. You know, yeah. that's not great for the bar. I was uh, sitting at trivia last night and. I think it was my my wife commented that she liked the fact that it wasn't as busy as it was a couple weeks ago. And <laughs> and I was like, like, like ah. um, yes, I, I feel that. I feel that from the standpoint of like we not have a being crammed. <laughs> but yeah. at the flip side, it would be nice. It would be nice <laughs> to see. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I but mean, I'm the same. Like, yeah, I mean, because I saw you there yesterday too, and it was like, oh, it's me and Steve and Matt, and we can sit at the corner bar and just like, right. BS, you know. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, and being somebody who goes in there and walks my tab every time, it's really frustrating when I can't just sit at the bar. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I I have been there once since you guys took over, and that has been since I quit uh, drinking. So I went there, and let me tell you, some of the best cranberry juice in town. Oh yeah, yeah that was before um, your last OKC before span. OKC span. Yeah, I am, I am. I'm working on a. I'm pushing on some more non-alcoholic options. It is. It's actually my dream because I don't see this anywhere to have draft root beer. Oh I just man, draft root beer. You're talking my fucking language right now. Maybe you can partner with Coits. Oh, that's a good idea. I was. Thinking I mean, they about it. they take it on the road, right? I mean, there's got to be point. some way to to. Oh man, what if you could get? Okay. God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life, and it is <laughs> to get nitro-pushed 
uh, Coit's Root Beer in Ooh. Bunker Club. Oh, I've got Guinness on there, so I'm going to say Virgil's. Already. But, oh, Virgil's, well, right. that's the one with like, the Jesus guy on the well, label. I don't. Well, the one, the one that I'm aware of that's commercially available is Abita, because um, I, I discovered oh. that in Texas. I went to this, I think it was like a, what do they call it, the Shake Shack or whatever they have down there. Oh, it was yeah. like, I was struck by by the draft root beer that's and cool. i was like hell yeah and it reminded me of like going to a and w back in the day back like the yeah frosty mug and draft root yeah beer and you like, know what a and w stands for amble goes on whoop beer. anyway that's a joke that i learned from <laughs> stop podcasting yourself and dave chomka makes that joke all the time anyway uh but but i would love so- that i would love it because especially now that i don't uh, i'm not even gonna say like i quit drinking like i don't want anybody to think that i'm like because I don't need it anymore, unlike you, you pathetic souls. No, I got really sick and I can't drink, it'll kill me. So, yeah. uh, but like having something like that, that I like is really interesting and good uh, while I'm hanging out with people who are, right. you know. And, and looks like something besides a freaking the bright, children's juice box. God knows, when <laughs> I go to a bar last, I just really don't want to get picked on. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. I it mean, does matter. It I, really does to people. I, you know, and I mean, there's a there's a part of me that's like a little bit of my soul that's concerned that like you're operating an establishment whose sole purpose is to basically sell people poison. Well, like I mean, but at the same time, you know, it's like people can do what they want to do. And that's true. And and there but is. But I mean, the the, the point of and I drink, so I'm not being just to. Judgment. I mean, like the, you, that's you're, you're making the money selling the booze. But I mean, right. with let's say a place like a, like the bunker, right? Like those are kind of like neighborhood bars. Like that's my neighborhood bar. This is like the place that I go to because it's a social thing. Like right. And I mean, I like to drink, but I also I can do that at home. Right. I go out because I want to go talk to Steve and Matt at the bar. Yeah. You know, like right. I want to just run into some strangers and like, you know, and that, have that, like a social That thing. was why one of the first things we did change, we didn't change the menu. We didn't change the brand. We didn't do any of that stuff. We didn't fire everybody because they were idiots or anything like that. Like we changed the let's open up seven days a week because the mentality there is I want you to know any day of the week that you feel compelled to, mm. you know you can go there. Yeah. You never have to question, oh, are they open? Oh, I guess I and in the, the thing, first when the they first, closed, we started closing on Mondays. That was like in the first the, month we opened or we took over, I shit you not, I tried I inadvertently scheduled three different Mondays wow. to meet people there before getting there, like pulling up and going, Oh crap, we're not open on like I, I didn't even have it. Right. Mind. Yeah, and that's... I mean, like when when they started closing on Mondays, that was something. I mean, like I, there was like another like bar manager that I worked for that was like, we're we're open every day. We don't close. We don't. We never close early because once you right. start doing that, people smell blood in the water, yeah. and then, and then business start going down. Because I, I mean, a lot of those regulars, there's a lot of like people that just, you know, like Monday is their day. To, Go. Maybe and they when work they don't somewhere have else that, in the industry they, or, yeah, you right. know, or for whatever reason. That's, and then they're like, I don't go here anymore. And right. I'm going to another bar because I can't go here on Monday. You know? It's the same thing if you go go to a bar that you've been going to for a long time and they don't have PBR. And you're like, oh, this place is going to close. You know, like that's how it feels <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. automatically. Like, And like for a while, too, like the beer tap list, I mean, it was, I was, I was, scared that it was going to close like mm. because like you'd go in and there would just be like two things on tap and there's yes. like you know 12 handles or whatever and it's like well we've got banquet and like one other thing and so like once like just seeing that tap list back 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, and that was, again, it was another conscious, that was one of the things we said of, like, we walked through the space looking at, like, okay, what are the, pro- you know, what the toilet broken, is the light fixture not working, is whatever not working, you know, what are the problems to fix? And the most glaring thing was that empty board. It was, like, what better signal to people that, Here's the shift is mm-hmm. get it back open, fill that board back up. But you can't then, sell beer if you don't have beer. Right. And then, and then <laughs> right. program. And to your point, it's a social thing. So creating these like every day of the week, there's something happening there. Mm-hmm. So that way you're just like, hey, you're hanging out suddenly. Hey, what are we doing on Tuesday? I don't know. Let's mm-hmm. just go, go bunker. Go to bunker. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Tiki Tuesday. Oh, yeah. It's karaoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's dope. I, yeah. And that's sort of like getting people to come there. That That's a good opportunity kind of segue into another aspect of uptown that i want us to talk a little bit about before we run out of time and that's kind of what it's a problem citywide you mean this isn't just a bunker club commercial i'm sorry <laughs> it's uh only 30 minutes of a okay. uh, bunker commercial uh no i i the car culture in oklahoma city is uh overwhelming obviously i don't think anybody doesn't know that even the people who just only drive they they know that the car culture uh, is pretty challenging for those of us who don't use cars. So 23rd is a great example of uh, what do we want our streets to look like. Like we have an opportunity right now, right? Like we're about to embark on changing mm-hmm. the the entire look of the street from class to uh past the interstate or to the interstate uh it's to the interstate to the interstate so that's well to broadway, like broadway. to broadway yeah. yeah broadway um and so right now a unique issue for 23rd street granted is that the state capital is on 23rd street i <laughs> I'm saying that for the benefit of any listener who wouldn't know that, but I kind of made myself giggle because I made eye contact with Stephen and Lucas as though I was explaining to them <laughs> that, uh, the, yeah, so that big white building, now, oh, that's actually oh, the that's state government. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Um, Is there a Starbucks in there? They don't have one in there, unfortunately. I'm surprised they don't actually have a Chick-fil-A yeah. in the rotunda. <laughs> but uh, so... That means that there's a ton of traffic. Uh, If you've ever been in the area of Broadway and 23rd, anytime I'm going to say from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then again from 10.15 until about 3.30 and then about 3.45 till 7, (laughs) you'll see that it gets... Oh, and if there's a rainstorm, fucking forget about it. Yeah. Like, stay home. Yeah. But, like, no, the traffic is immense. I Like, it's it kind of mm-hmm. incomprehensible. It's the most choked place in Oklahoma City that I've experienced yeah. uh, because there is this, there's I-35 and the train, and the road goes underneath that. There are several, and the, the capital's there, so everybody's coming there. And honestly, going in both directions, because we're also right next to a college mm-hmm. um, and great entertainment spots like Tower Theater and the Bunker. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they just, right now, what we have is what feels like a lawless hellscape but (laughs) but specifically feels kind of like a a state highway rather than a surface street in a in a town in a city Route 66 it is route 66 i think that's significant um 
like the, we can we can capitalize on that to improve our community but like right now it i just it needs a road diet it is not walkable i like, yeah i mean I, I walked i mean like literally almost like every day i cross like 23rd and walker mm-hmm. and like and almost get hit by a car almost every day yeah. but like i don't I, I talk with like James Cooper about this a lot because like we we get into deep conversation you know, like transit and mm-hmm. all these things and like I just don't know what the city can do to fix that without I mean basically without like improving and like getting people to use transit like right. I don't I mean I would like it to have a road diet but again it's like just like with it's just we, by necessity but it's like such to. an arterial part of the city that like and everybody's and the, to me the dangerous thing too is just because it's like everybody's getting off the highway right there mm-hmm. or they're about to get on and so they are in lead foot mode absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah. so like even that like they can drop i mean they dropped the speed limit it's 25 through the whole place and but nobody drives nobody 25 drives down there no yeah. and uh and why would they? I mean, no. like you go with the flow of traffic. So if I came in there, I'd like, what am I going to cause a traffic jam behind no. me? Like a Sunday driver grandma. Um, so th- this is an interesting thing because it makes me ask the question of you all. Cause I, I, I mentioned this earlier before we were recording, but I don't know the actual answer as to what you all are aware of. Marty, you're probably more so than Lucas maybe of the, the bond project that is underway for 23rd street. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're to my knowledge, so they're they're going to be like removing the median, correct, and mm-hmm. then they're going to be moving the trees to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. I like trees on the sidewalk; that's good. Yep. I don't like them removing the median. I I agree with that, but because a lot of people use, I see a lot of people so, on foot use it, and also medians slow people down a little. Bit. No, actually, really, <laughs> there has been many many studies done, and specifically that median creates separation between the opposing lanes of traffic, which makes drivers more comfortable mm. that they're not going to hit another car. Mm. Mm. So they want to go faster because they feel like they're in their own. It's like protected bike lanes, yeah. right? Like you're going to be a lot more comfortable on your bike if there's a structure between right. you and the cars yeah, versus a, a plastic pillar or whatever. Cars are the same way. And then especially on the north side or the south side of the street, there's old street parking that was removed and but by removed all they did was let the paint fade <laughs> and put up signs that say no parking so it's that it's, it reminds me of the episode of seinfeld where they like restripe the seat the street oh, yeah. and it's like the he take the middle lane out and he's like oh it's a wide lane i can just oh, like, yeah. cruise back and forth it's it creates that you've got this right now you've got this shoot oh yeah and every, both sides have a thing so they're moving the median thing is actually going to help because it's really interesting because I've always heard the contrary to that. That's not well, I, it, makes sense. it makes perfect sense. sense. And to your point, the pedestrians that use it as a life as a that is one of like statistically one of the most dangerous things you can do crossing a street because when you're in that median, cars cannot see you at all. Mm. So all that to say is yes, the median is going away. The streets part, the the sidewalks are both coming out something between six to 12 feet on both sides. That's what's up. You're still going to have four lanes of traffic, but they're going to be, the the lanes are minimum width. They're all pushed together. So now those cars are going to be by each other. And and that will drop the collective speed. Theoretically, that that will drop the speed. And Um, then by putting the, making the sidewalks bigger and then putting the trees there, you're creating that like, oh, the dominant presence on this strip is people. Right. 
and then the trees help create that separation between the people and the cars. And so our hope for this is that it, it directs people getting off the highway to, instead of taking 23rd, take 36 yeah. because it's built for that. Yeah. And this is not. Right. Uh, and there's nowhere near as much traffic coming up. Don't get me wrong. Western Mile. Cool it. It's okay. I'm not talking shit, but like there just aren't as many people right. getting off the interstate and, go, interstate and going west on 36th right. as there are on 23rd. Yeah. And so if we could reduce the traffic going to the Capitol on 23rd, uh, if we could reduce that by a quarter, that congestion would yeah. be completely different. I mean, we that whole intersection would be navigable, and it is not. Yeah. There's no way I would walk from here to to Byron's. I'm not like yeah. like. Well, I wouldn't say I'm, there's no way. I guess if I just really desperately wanted my my booze, and I, that's the place to get it. But right. like, but like, there's there's nothing comfortable about it. It's worse than like where I live. I would say Fourth and Broadway. Like that's terrible to cross. There's a, the the streetcar crosses. People are coming, going so fast uh, mm -hmm. in both in all four directions. It's crazy, uh, and you kind of have to cross through there. Well, you don't have to. You guys never have to, but uh, I have to cross through there pretty often. It's the same thing. This one's worse, mm -hmm. far far worse. And uh, to me, as somebody who like Lucas, like I don't like 90% of my travel outside of the apartment is uh, perambulatory, right? <laughs> I, I just yeah, like, I, I want to... Like walking, I mean, because, you know, I walk around the neighborhood often, but like I'm only ever on 23rd Street itself, like if, like if I have, because if there is a, a thing, you know, I'm walk, I, you know, I need to do that to go to the bunker club. Right. Like, otherwise, like I'm just in the neighborhood and right. Like especially some of those sidewalks. Like once you get, oh, they're like ridiculous. right outside of like once you get like, um, what west of like Walker, mm -hmm. they're just like they're so narrow. I mean, like if you're yeah, and then like every chair, like twenty five feet, there's just a freaking street light embedded in the middle in of the, the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, there's so there are a lot of improvements around there about walkability. I feel like most of them are from the south edge, like the south sidewalk of 23rd mm -hmm. North. Um, uh, so it's like a lot of those improvements aren't aren't going to impact like the neighborhood where you like where you live, uh, Lucas. But like they will impact the whole uh, area. Yeah. And I think like seeing those sidewalks like. Um, our friend James Cooper is getting a lot of a uh, lot of flowers for how great the sidewalks are along Classen up here, and mm -hmm. and we're getting we're gonna get we're gonna have sidewalks all the way from 30th down to 23rd on Walker, right? I believe so. Yeah, and that's nice. Like I, like it's kind of incredible that there's not like a contiguous sidewalk from pump to Paseo. I mean, it's really weird, right. you know. It's um, also kind of weird because 23rd Street is like literally the border between wards two and six. That's true. And to me, it's just one of the strange things, it's just like culturally that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things about like how our wards are set up that like do not make any sense. But it's like James Cooper, I could practically throw a... 
Nerf football and hit his apartment. You know, I mean, he's like a five, ten minute walk from where I live, and I can't vote for him. I live closer to him than I do, uh, you know, you and Joe Beth. Yeah, not by uh, a lot, but yeah, you're right. But also, I mean, I like both. I love both of these counselors, no, yeah, but yeah, it's just but, like it's like culturally, I, I feel like where I live fits in with. It's like the Paseo is. I disagree. You know, I don't think that it's that different from Ward Six. I mean, matter of fact, it's it's more like Ward Six. We've got the we've got the plaza in Ward Six. We've got you know, like it's. I, I just don't see it that way. And part of that is just like, well, the most of James's constituents don't live anywhere near where he does. Well, that's that, kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, too. Like, like, like like Britain, like the people of old Britain, like they have can't nothing vote. in common yeah. with well, well they, not, 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 yeah, common, right. But like I just I very guess different I places. I think things like neighborhoods of like communities of uh, of affinity and interest like like specifically like say the southern part of ward 6 used to be ward 4. And it's really more appropriate for it to be in Ward 6 because it's still urban. And most of Ward 4 is not, you know. Uh, that's like the part of Oklahoma City that's in Pottawatomie County is in Ward 4, yeah, for example. Like Nick, Nikki's Ward is so crazy. Which is like, huge and di- very different because it's got... It's like, super, like Hera practically. It's practically know? out to Hera, yeah. It's like Edmund, uh, you know, yeah, like... That's a whole other conversation. That should even it be is. part of Oklahoma but, City. <laughs> right. No, we need to really. That's a whole. I'd love to. One day we'll just have a conversation about de-annexation. But um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the road changes. Street the street changing will be. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. Yeah. See. And and having sat through the process of it. I was very pessimistic about it at first mm-hmm. because I mean there was a there was a pretty overwhelming group of us that were like we want two lanes like that's what we yeah, want we yeah. want two lanes and but knowing what if you know anything about this city and the traffic and all this stuff you know that that's there's <laughs> yeah, no that's way not gonna happen. <laughs> there's no yeah. way that was going to happen yeah. but so I mean we did advocate for things and that was where the median thing came in and and then also all of the crossings are getting shorter because they're increasing the curves out and they're adding I want to say it might be upwards of four more crossings Oh, wow. Along the way, wow, that's so. Good. It's almost going to be good. every cross street on Twenty Third, like lights, like stoplights, stoplights, pedestrian crossings. Like, good. so it, it really is getting us some of those things that should. Uh, it's the best we could possibly get out of the thing, I, and it was it was kind of hilarious because there was a moment, and it, this also suffered through the pandemic and kind of stalled out a little bit, which is why it's taken forever because it was supposed to be done like two years ago or something, but it hasn't even started yet. So. Process has started and design has started, but obviously the work hasn't. Um, there was a moment where they were presenting to this, like they did like a community meeting, um, and they got through this presentation. They whittled it down to option A and option B, and ultimately the median was the primary difference mm-hmm. between the two. Um, but they got to like the last slide and they summarized it, and it was so hilarious because both options exceeded the budget. <laughs> And both options, very clearly stated by the engineering firm, did not achieve the goals set out by the project. Right. And we literally stopped and we just looked at the city and said, we, "Yeah, we're not gonna let's th- don't do this again." Like, don't do this. Like, yeah. we, we would rather you not do this than do it wrong. Yeah. Because we're never gonna get a ch- we're not gonna get a chance again for twenty years, twenty five years, thirty years, who knows what. 
And so there was that moment, and, and that was really, and that's where the bid came in and all this other work that we had been doing as a district really came into play because we suddenly had this leverage with mm. the city that we could pull that like, no, we were unified. Yeah. We were, all the businesses were together on this. We it's had the nice. strength. Because we, and they, what happened is they went and found more money. They went and got a grant from a part of an ACOG grant they were applying for mm. and they lumped it in and suddenly they came back and now we're not, not only do we have the money for the budget, we now have the extra stuff you wanted, like trees and yeah. more crosswalks. We yeah. have more money for that now too. And so finally it was like, okay, now you can move forward with this and it's actually going to make an impact. Mm. I will say like the thing that's made me most optimistic about- Which is where my optimism they, uh, returned. Right. <laughs> yeah. When they installed the greatest crosswalk in Oklahoma City, uh, the best beg button, the one that's like right in front of the oh, tower. Right in front oh, tower. Yeah. You just, just hit that button and it just changes. It's, it's like it's magic. It's so, I remember when I was working at Savings and Loan when they first opened that up and like we would like, just go down like we we're just like someone who's taking a smoke break or just we were just like we closed room we would just hit the button just to like make See, cars co- stop yeah, just to so, fuck yeah. people I, but in, totally. in classic Oklahoma City car culture fashion two nights ago when we hit that button and started crossing a car just Ooh, ran the red oh, light wow. and like lit, we were in right at the median point and the car just boom right in God front of damn. us well, Part of it is the damn trees block the signal they, yeah. they block the lights yeah. but and yeah that's interesting I mean you're so there's I want still more the, green stuff, but you're right, absolutely right. There's still the other problem of we've got to train Oklahoma City drivers that pedestrians are a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and I we we just have to make them right because uh, traditionally, if you talk to people who uh, work in advocacy and design who are on this side of things, uh, like uh, like just a lot of the ULI people and the people that they that they like to read their books and stuff like that that kind of crowd who thinks about this stuff what i think is honestly more or less the right way um uh, uh, totally i did it i went two whole episodes without completely losing uh, Your train I, of my train of thought and it happened uh well which is fine because it's actually well uh, I'll, I'll give you one more fun fact to try to get you back on track about that specific crosswalk the city would not do that when the developers were mm-hmm. advocating for it until the developers agreed to pay for half of it. <laughs> and then when, when they were like, oh, you'll fit some of the bill. Okay, fine. It's kind of like whenever like you like in, like you want your sidewalk replaced in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, you, you own up the money, we'll pay a little bit, like kind of thing. So, I w- you know, we don't have a whole lot more time. I just want to get like one more topic about Uptown uh, into this and I'm gonna segue by saying anecdotally like that the signalized crossings along 23rd uh, leave a lot to be desired and in fact the first president of the business and the the bid uh, Mm -hmm. of uptown actually got hit by a car at Walker in 23rd oh yeah like that happened and when it happened of course Initially, the first thing was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad she's okay right. because we all love her. Um, she's, you know, she's a wonderful person, and, and, and we wouldn't want anybody to be harmed, certainly not a friend of ours. Uh, but, like, I don't want this to sound wrong, but, like, it couldn't happen to a better person for, that, for no. it to happen in that I, neighborhood and actually get attention to what is important. I, and I will start by saying I am absolutely not speaking for her. <laughs> right, but right. I, I am in meetings with her. I, I'm on boards with her. I'm in these things. And 
absolutely that has been leveraged and it it could not have come at a better time right because i mean it was in the middle of those meetings about the thing it was like well we don't have enough money for better crossings and it was like hello we (laughs) have to do we have enough money for the lawsuits yeah do like and what is the price for a human life now and that's the thing is like uh that helps me segue sort of into like because we're talking about walkability and we're talking about uh safety public safety but not we're not talking about policing we're talking about actual public safety um there is a pronounced presence uh across the core of oklahoma city of uh what i would term visible homelessness and that uh this is one of the neighborhoods where we end up seeing a lot of that partially because there's stuff around here Uh, like there's there's places that have affordable food. There's Family Dollar down here. There's, but there's also a church. There's some. There's just a bunch of nice people. So it's not. And in a city where most places are pretty incredibly uncomfortable for anybody who's not, who doesn't belong there. Like uptown is a and Plaza and Paseo are a little bit cooler about that shit. But it's still like, well, if somebody if somebody gotten hit there who was just an, a person on the street I, I don't know that we would have gotten much yeah. leverage out of that sadly i mean it's reality um and it's gross but uh yeah. but like as as somebody who's participating i want to hear from both of you uh, as far as members of this community uh with perhaps somewhat different vested interests in the neighborhood what uh what are your thoughts right now on the state of homelessness in the uptown area? Um, do do you see it? Inc- has it been increasing in your opinion? Has it been decreasing? Is it? I guess I guess what I'm what I'm asking is uh, beyond. You're both good people, and so beyond your natural sense of justice and uh, and lo- love and bonhomme, uh, you. Uh, do you guys feel like it's getting worse, getting like better? What do you What do you want to see? I, I guess uh, like d- yeah. Uh, use that as a jumping off point. That was really yeah. unclear, and I apologize. No, that's okay. I, I'll, I'll jump on that. I mean, I think it's been it's interesting. I have noticed that people who talk to me about that all seem to think that it's increasing and getting worse. Right. As somebody who's down there a lot and has been down there a lot for the last few years and has businesses and, and is aware of, you know, a couple of the businesses specifically have really great places for people to camp out. I mean, nice mm-hmm. little sheltered areas under stairways and back where people don't notice and whatever. It's been pretty consistent. In fact, I, I recognize most of them right. that are down, most of the folks that are down here that are obviously unhoused and, so I don't know that it's really getting worse. Um, I think I think that a few folks have essentially, I guess for lack of a better phrase, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but like they've sort of taken up residency here mm-hmm. because for the reasons you described. I mean, 
I can only imagine how many times you can go hit that Dunkin' dumpster and just find a bag full oh, of freaking sure. donuts. Probably every freaking day. I mean, yeah. so there's like those consistent. And everybody of who works there is chill as fuck, and they're right. going to hand you a water or whatever right. out the window without we, I mean, caring. Yeah, we've done. We do that. Like our people yeah. do that. We encourage. Like I would rather you go give this person a bottle of water and ask them if they need help. Mm-hmm. Can I call somebody? Hey, did you know about this resource? You know, we we tried to do those education things through multiple businesses. But I don't know that it's getting any worse. And thinking about Uptown over the decades, because the other other thing I hear from people all the time is, oh, yeah, you know, five or six years ago, this was the place you didn't come at night, you know, because, because <laughs> for all the reasons you were describing right, earlier. Yeah. Like, um, because there were people like us there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, so, there's junkies. It's like and weird. I never bags. felt, I never felt yeah, never. weird down there. No. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's yeah, you were the problem. Like I, yeah. I agree, um, though. I think it's like it seems it's about. It the just same. seems like, like it I see always has It's been. the same people. I mean, you know, they I mean, kind of like shuffle out in and out, but it's yeah. like it's usually kind of the same I, people that I see. I forget the guy's name, but when we first opened Tower, he, I realized later he was actually relatively well-known. Uh, it was a guy who always Rob, had... Rob, bro- R-O-B? Maybe. It was brooms and... and yeah, 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 Rob. Yeah, he was like... Window washer. Yeah, he just kind of hung out down there. He had brooms and window Or knew him, I don't... He used to actually, uh, usually was in front of what is now um, Boomtown and the dentistry before that building was renovated. There was a little kind of gla- window glass front there that he mm-hmm. would he would hang out in, and but it was you know people gave him money to like hey yeah man if you're gonna if you're gonna come over here in the morning I mean because he would do it without asking you or talking to you right. just out there one morning sweeping your sidewalk and you're like dude you know what can I do to help you and I know he moved around the city quite a bit because I would hear stories that he's up on North May and wherever and it's like. He's huffing it. So, like, all that to say is, like, there's people. There's a, a particular gentleman right now who everybody's kind of aware of because every once in a while he, he's a little agitated about something and he's chucking anything he can find through windows or you know stuff yeah. like that. And it's, it's and that's a problem. I mean, like, it, it is a problem. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I don't think anybody would probably question my commitment to uh, yeah. The, to people who are experiencing homelessness, that's not, but like we, in general, that, like we gotta accept that like, we need more services for people right. with mental illness because we, while well, we need to accept and have grace and mercy and understanding and destigmatize mental illness, that doesn't mean that we need to flip that around and like okay you can victimize us and it's because you're sick yeah. like that's not right that's not how that works right. like uh yeah that guy i know you're talking about he's aggressive yeah and um, that's and you know like he needs obviously he, he needs, needs help, help. Yeah. right uh and and why is that gonna fall on you know a dude who lives in an apartment a couple of blocks away or a guy who runs a business on the street when like y'all y'all can't afford to take him in <laughs> He can't pay his medical bills, uh, but what's our police budget again? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, man, I don't, don't want to put too fine a point on that. That is, that is why I say defund the police. Right. Uh, beyond anything else that I want, they don't need as much money as they're getting, and we have so much, so many needs. Yeah. And if you, and if it's capitalism wanting to improve business along a, a route. A way to do that is to not uh, shove people out of the way. Right. It's to actually help them repair the line. You know, it's a lot cheaper uh, 
uh, to yeah. do that in the long run. Well, it's, I can't say this is a statistic, but I'll be somewhat anecdotal about it. The number of times as a business owner on 23rd that I've needed the police support for a crime or a danger shooting, whatever, is I can't I can't even tell you that I've, we've ever had to like engage the police officially. Mm -hmm. The number of times I've needed to know like who can I call to help this guy, mm -hmm. dozens, That's, dozens of times. Yeah, I, and I, I still I don't. I think I know. probably personally get more calls and phone calls about looking for help for right. people than the city does because so, yeah. the city doesn't have any answers for that right. and i happen and the, to know service providers the one That's thing it. i'd like the police to do on 23rd street a little more aggressively is police the speed limit mm -hmm. yes. but they yes, don't 100%. in fact I, I went on a little rant maybe about a year ago because i identified a particular police vehicle that was constantly hauling down mm -hmm. that street like swerving traffic doing the flip the lights on to speed through the red light Going, you know, everybody's always like, well, you don't know what they're doing. They're no, they were, I do know because I, I followed them. I watched them speed past me and a mile later down 23rd street, I'm sitting next to them at a stoplight Yeah, mm -hmm. where they're suddenly not in a rush. And it's like, no, they were just. They wanted to get past these cars. That's yeah. all. Yeah. I don't. And you know, I, uh, far be it for me to, to both sides, anything having to do with cops. I think most drivers do that and they just have the tools and, right. the, and the license to just do it right, right. Uh, uh, I, yes i i also i think it is possible that the cops might have gotten involved when uh when 2a tim was out there with his flags and <laughs> his, his long rifle oh uh, yeah uh, uh man i think that jv made him cry <laughs> they didn't really get involved no they didn't and kind of like i mean it was what it was it sucked but free speech is free speech and yeah. you know can't take it away from him uh, if we aren't willing to risk it for ourselves hey, whatever um <laughs> guy's a guy's a real but, character but, but kind of the point of what we're talking about is like there's always a, a way to do something mm -hmm. that makes a difference right you mm -hmm. can you can exercise your free speech like that guy and intentionally be trying to piss other people off right are you there to intimidate people right. yeah and it's the same thing when dealing with people experiencing homelessness like i have this little story that i tell because it's just so interesting to me when we were when we were constructing beer city um before it was open there's a, a power outlet on our patio mm, yeah and this is a good story I my 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 contractor calls me one day or i call him because I'm, i show up one day to check on something and i notice that like the outlet boxes like messed up and it's broken and whatever and i was like hey man this has gotten damaged somehow or whatever and he goes tells me a story he's like oh yeah there's some people coming through there and they keep trying to charge your phone and they're breaking the covers and i put a lock i'll get a new box and i'll get the lock put back on it and i was like why are you locking it he's like well that way they don't use it and i was like i i don't care yeah i don't care if somebody wants to charge their phone on this outlet just don't lock it. How many kilowatt hours is it going right. to take to charge a, a phone that somebody who lives on the street and has, it, by the way? But it know? was this whole thing of like, oh, they're damaging and they're, how we, we got to lock it tighter. We got to put it. And it's like, no, the answer is don't lock it. Don't, yeah. It's so like Occam's razor is completely yeah. uh, out of reach for most of us. I'm saying this about dog training. Like I, and my room, my old roommate and I had a Weimaraner who would get, uh, 
dishes, dirty dishes out of the sink and like plates and throw them on the floor and break them and lick them clean. And I was like, how do we get her to not do that? Well, I know, just wash the fucking dishes. <laughs> like, yeah. If they're not there for her to break, she's not going to do it, right? right. Same kind of thing. Like, yeah. just like, let's be smart like, about this. We don't instead. need more money for the police to like enforce these people. We need more money for services to help the problem. Right. Like, and then the police don't have to do that at all. And right. by the way, the police are definitely going to show up and say, that's not even, we don't want to do that work. That's not what we're here for. Right. So let's hold them to that and let's take a portion of the money that they use for that for something that's, uh, anyway, uh, that and more next time on <laughs> OKC's okay, fan. Uh, we are out of time. Matter of fact, this is two weeks in a row. I think I went a little bit longer than most listeners want me to. No, not listeners of this podcast. Um, Thanks, Stephen, a lot for being here to talk about Uptown with us. Um, this is a conversation that will be ongoing because Lucas, of course, will be back. Hopefully, Stephen will be back uh, sometimes. Uh, I'm not going to try to rope him into being a regular once or twice a month guy, but uh, uh, it could happen. We'll see nice. what happens. But uh, appreciate you both being here. Lucas, I love you, my brother. Love and you too, Marty. And... Uh, uh, Stephen, I agape you as well, my brother. Same. Um, and uh, to all you listeners at home, thank you. Uh, if you want to help keep this podcast and OKC Span afloat, I'd really encourage you to consider becoming a monthly donor on Patreon. And uh, uh, you can find that on my, on my Twitter bio it's real simple so um otherwise yeah i would love to be able to uh pay for doing this uh because right now i haven't given steven a dime to use his space and equipment and expertise and haven't even bought lucas a bottle of kombucha for doing this so you know you guys wanted to pitch in we could all maybe just make this a little better and easier and Ah, you know, it takes a village. Uh, love you guys, and thank you. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, and give a five-star rating and a very positive review. I think your review should say, Man, I didn't know that I was missing something from my life until this podcast came back. I've just got to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Marty and the whole OKC Span team for bringing this light into my life. So you could just go ahead and put that right in as a review, mm -hmm. and uh, I'll be looking for that starting a week from today. Um, that's it for today. Uh, thanks, everybody. Goodbye. This has been the OKC Span Podcast, produced by Mostly Harmless Media, theme music by the incredible Nate Ward. <laughs>